Welcome to the S-Files, sponsored by Service Wisconsin, Wisconsin's National Community Service Board. I'm your host, Kyle Flower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. In this episode, we are speaking with Sabina West, who is serving this year as an AmeriCorps member with the Milwaukee Public Library AmeriCorps program. Sabina, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So, Sabina, could you start off by telling us a little bit about your AmeriCorps service with the Milwaukee Public Library AmeriCorps program? We are working with schools and library branches around Milwaukee on Information Technology Literacy, ITL, kind of getting kids used to using computers again. Like we used them for the pandemic. What else can you use them for? How are we going to use them to research? What are resources that are available on those computers? How can you use them most efficiently? As well as a few social emotional things and safety on the internet, all that kind of, you know, standard, we live in a new internet world kind of stuff. Exactly. And so you're really getting all of those uses back to the internet and the traditional classroom setting and the library setting that might have happened pre-pandemic. Exactly. Yeah, so the focus is definitely closing that gap in information technology literacy for a lot of kids, especially because of that pandemic gap that we, you know, missed a huge chunk of time with kids with that foundational learning. So it's closing that gap of knowledge in between people who may already innately know how to use computers to their best ability and those of us who maybe need a little help because sometimes computers can lie to you. You think it says that online, but it's not always what it says it is online. Exactly. Yeah. And so kind of getting that base understanding of how to use the resources that we have available to us because we have so many resources and not even just how to use them, but what those resources are. And actually something I did not know a lot of the resources that were available until I started working with this Library Corps program. I found out there are so many more things that are available through my public library than I had any idea. So that's wonderful. Hopefully more people will find out, can dive into their own public libraries wherever they are and dig and see what they have. Yeah, absolutely. When we first started, our whole job before we even did anything else was just look and see what the library has. And that was amazing. I found out, so the Milwaukee Public Library actually has a library of unexpected items or something kind of things where you can rent out things like a sewing machine or a leveler or a video camera or board games. And it's not what you'd expect typically when you think traditional library, but it's those resources that are available to the community. Absolutely. And it's just things that you just don't know are there until you look. And so a lot of it is just also telling the kid there are resources here. You need help. We have the help for you. You just have to know where to look. That's wonderful. And it's great that the program is able to help be one of those resources, help them find those resources. Yeah, it's a resource to find resources. Knowing that, what does your day-to-day service look like with the Library Corps program? Well, I have a few different sites. So in the mornings, I am in a school. I have three schools that I go to over the course of four days. So Monday, Tuesday at one school, Wednesday, and then Thursday at two different schools. And then I do classes. We teach, again, the informational technology literacy. So for example, this week, we're talking about putting information into infographics and how to use those and what they are. And then in the afternoons, I go to the libraries. I have 
have a home library branch. My library branch is Tippecanoe. And then we have after school lessons. So we have homework help for about an hour. And then we have an activity. So Mondays, we have a food program. And then this week was a, a nailed it challenge where we kind of made like, we tried to attempt Rice Krispie Treat and fondant structures. It didn't work, but it was fun. <laughs> what was the design of the structures you were trying to build? I think we kind of decided, like, what if we just tried to make different foods? Because we thought that would be the easiest, and it, it wasn't. And the fondant also didn't work, but the kids had a great time doing it. It's really fun to do those challenges, but if that fondant melts on you, it'll just kind of fall apart. Yeah, we couldn't even get the fondant all the way. We did not have enough powdered sugar, and so it just became a sticky, globby mess. And I now have marshmallow goop everywhere. Well, hopefully it gets degooped. And then, so, okay, so you said you were doing, on Monday it was the food day, so what are the other days? We also have our tinker, our maker, and our other. So those are just the titles that we have for like the different types of programs that we have. But for example, our theme this week is game shows. You know, for food program, we did our nailed it challenge. For our maker, we are doing Jeopardy. And we're going to have, you know, some of the older Jeopardy type questions. I think we are also making our own fake buzzers. So that should be fun. And then our tinker is different trivia games. The kids love trivia games, especially when there's prizes involved. And then our other this week is actually going to be create your own game. So that one should be pretty interesting to see what the kids come up with. So are they going to be creating something like a TV game show itself or like a board game or what are their options? So it's going to be a game show type thing. So what kind of game show would they make? I know with my kids at my library, especially, they love when we turn activities into Shark Tank activities where they have to make something and they have to Shark Tank it out to the rest of the group. That's what we've started calling it, Shark Tank it out. So you just turn it into a verb and it goes. Yeah. And they love that. So I, I'm going to assume that that's going to be end up, what we're going to end up with is a lot of Shark Tank-like ideas where they just want to come up with the projects or the products and then give a whole pitch about it. And then looking at your service, it sounds like you have morning component being at schools and the afternoon component. Yep. Mondays and Tuesdays, I'm at Ideal. Wednesdays, today's is Honey Creek, and they're an early start school, so they're my early days. And then Thursdays is Lowell, which is an IB school, which is fun because I'm an IB student. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so it is really fun for me, and I, you know, really connected with those teachers, especially the fifth graders. Tomorrow is their IB exhibition, and I've been working with them to kind of get some of those things finalized, just because, you know, back when I was in fifth grade and I did my exhibition, it was a pretty similar topic. And so it's it's really fun to be able to see how these lessons are able to kind of help them with the projects they're doing in school at the moment. That's wonderful. And so what are the grade levels you're working with at those different schools? I have a grade range from grades three through eight. So I actually have the largest age range out of our cohort. Usually it's only a couple grade levels difference, you know, maybe three. Are most of the folks working with middle school or elementary or high school, or is it, are each of you kind of focusing on a different age range? At the moment, it's kind of still pretty mixed. I think the plan is in the future to have each member of the cohort have a specific age range to work with. But as this is the inaugural year, we're still trying to like kind of figure out how to do that. But I, I definitely think the plan is for a member to have a specific age range that they'd be working with. That's great. And then Sabina, so this is the first year for Milwaukee Public Library's AmeriCorps program, and you're part of this initial cohort. So what has that experience been like, and what do you look forward to at the growth of the program? It has been amazing. I have loved seeing this program starting and 
thinking about where it could go. Something I really enjoy about being the initial cohort is I have a lot of ideas. I, I talk a lot. And so I love that they have somewhere to go. And I've got some people who are listening and saying, well, what are these ideas? What can we incorporate? How can we improve? Which is probably one of my favorite questions that people can ask. Like, how can we collaborate together? to make something better. Every week we are going over lesson plans. We're saying, how did this work? Did something else work better, right? What things were kids engaged? Did this make sense based on last week's stuff, right? And so kind of working and getting that curriculum, first of all, to flow correctly, which is kind of nerdy, but kind of one of my favorite things is the flow curriculum and making sure that everything is, you know, in such a order and fashion that it makes sense to build upon each other. And I just know that this program once we work out all the initial stuff and like we're getting used to it and growing this could be such a helpful program for so many kids we're not teaching a lot of this like ITL standards in schools anymore you know we did for a very brief period of time you know I I had classes IT classes in a lot of my schools we don't have that anymore we have coding classes but it's not quite the same you need that basic foundational knowledge first and that's where we come in that's wonderful and it's such a great opportunity to be able to share your own experiences as the program's developing and looks forward into its future growth and be able to serve more kids in Milwaukee. Absolutely. You said you're doing a lot of information technology activities with the students. So what are some other things you've been doing throughout the year so far? A favorite is a few weeks ago, we did Ozobots. I don't know if you know what they are. Yeah, the little robot dudes, they follow a color code. So that's like an introduction to coding using blue, green, red, and black. And you get like a, a set of color codes and a chart and you draw certain lines, run the Ozobot over it. It will do like a special move or it'll go faster or slower or it'll turn. Those are a huge hit with the kids. They loved it. We have speed maps so that they can just do the drawing of just like the color codes and they can just watch it go around and around. And they do. They watch it go around. <laughs> but those things are really cool where it, it is that introduction to coding where you're using the robot in the path, but it's decided, will it actually be able to make it around a path? Will, can you do those turns where it's going to get stuck and will the process actually work to the end? The kids love it. And I see a lot of their problem solving skills come out. They have to work those skills a lot harder for this because the Ozobot has trouble reading if it's not like a specific, you know, sometimes the markers will like, you know, if they overlap too much, the color changes and they have to figure out, well, is it because I did this wrong or can the Ozobot not read that like middle thing? It's really fun to watch. And I've seen a lot of really interesting workarounds for when kids are having issues getting the Ozobot to read a code. And I'll see them, they'll be like, you know what, never mind. And they'll just cut out the code and paste it onto whatever they were drawing. And I'm like, that works. And so that's really cool. So you've done activities on the with coding, it sounds like, some infographic stuff, some things with generalized research. So is it research then in tandem with activities they're doing regularly in the classroom? Or are you doing some standalone activities? Most of ours are standalone activities for the moment. I think, again, you know, first year, the plan is for them to be kind of more integrated into the classroom curriculum. But as we're still trying to figure out, like, you know, who, what schools are working with, what classes, we're still trying to figure out what the curriculum is and what order it goes in. We try working with the teachers the best we can to get what we have to match up. So for the most part, it works out. You know, when we did our lesson on citing things and bibliographies, that was right around the time that a lot of kids had something that was due or, you know, their end of year project coming up so they would know how to do like that last bit. We did one on research and how to research and find a credible source. And that was coming around, you know, right when the kids had another big project. 
So trying to keep it kind of in line as much as possible with what's going on in the classroom. And those are also skills that are going to be applicable throughout their education throughout the year, too. So it's not like it's something that doesn't have any connection. It's things that you're bringing that are huge connecting pieces for all their lessons. Absolutely. It's just, again, that timing piece of like trying to make it so that they it is in their brain when they're doing that thing. And then calling back to older lessons and try and build upon those. One of the first ones we did was actually talking about your online footprint. And then we were talking about ecological footprints just a couple weeks ago. And one of the kids was like, oh, like kind of like the online footprint, except, you know, in the world. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's that's perfect. That's exactly what it is. And those connections are always wonderful seeing that that light up with them and they make that connection. And then so in the mornings, you're at the schools. And so the afternoon, it's, you said, different after school programming and also some tutoring and homework assistance. Yep. We have homework help from 3.30 to 4.30 at each of the branches that we're at. I'm not personally great at math, but I am there to help with math, you know, and so even if I couldn't help solve the answers, I do know how to get to the resources to find the answers. And so that's kind of more of my job is, especially for those older kids who come in, they're like, I have to do this calculus thing. And I'm like, I haven't done calculus since I almost failed that class. I don't know the answers, but I can help you find out the answers. That's kind of been my motto. Yeah. So with the after school, what's the age range that you were working with there? It is a drop-in program, so I have had anywhere from a three-year-old to, you know, I've got a couple 16-year-olds that stop in once in a while. It is, it's a huge age range. So that's quite the variance to have going for. But, you know, I've got some regulars, so I know my core age range is like the regulars that kind of showing up, and that's kind of what I gear things towards for the most part, and then just try and differentiate up and down as needed. And then, Sabina, why did you decide to serve this year as an AmeriCorps member with Milwaukee Public Library? That is actually kind of a fun story. I am a Head Start teacher, and I was not sure that I'm like a few credits away from my early ed degree, this close. And I was thinking, I don't know if I want to continue in early ed. I like it, but it is kind of a lot. And I was thinking I might want to pursue a degree in library sciences. So I was kind of looking around. I, I looked on the Milwaukee Public Library website to see if they had jobs or what they would say would be what kind of stuff is needed. And that is when I just stumbled across this posting for an AmeriCorps position with the Milwaukee Public Libraries. And reading it, it was teaching and library work, which is pretty much exactly what I wanted. And it just seemed so perfect. Like it was just right there when I needed it. That's fantastic. They're able to find that opportunity and really explore to see if this was the path you wanted to be on versus the one you've been going down. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was very helpful because I realized as much as I love working in libraries and working with kids, I miss my classroom. I miss having my set classroom. So it's been amazing to be able to go to all the different sites. But I do miss my classroom. And you think you'll go back to the early childhood range? Yeah, I, I really enjoy working and building those foundational skills with kids. It's something that I take a lot of pride in, you know, being able to see kids who at the start of the year couldn't hold a pencil at the end of the year fully write their name. It's, it's exciting for me. And I love the, those foundational skills I think are so important. And a lot of the problems that we're having later on in schools is because a lot of these kids who are coming up in ages didn't get that pre-K, that early education stuff where those skills are built. You know, the listening, the respect for others, reminder that we're not the only person in the classroom. And it really is incredible how having those foundational building blocks on the basic literacy and the basic social skills really can be necessary in the role they have on later success. And then, so Sabina, you mentioned the Ozabot lesson being one of your favorite ones so far this year. Any other activities or favorite stories or memories from your service so far this year you can share with us? Well, my after-school classes, or my after-school 
the library is full of characters. Love them a lot. They are, it's a great group of kids that come in that my regulars. They are always so enthusiastic about almost every single project that we're doing. One that I, I loved and I did not expect them to love was Parlor Beads. So those oh, yeah. are the little things that you melt them together. We had one of those for a thing and I was like, it, yeah, they'll be okay. They'll try it once and find. I think they know when Perler Beads come out because it's a frenzy. It's all Minecraft too. They will make these little like miniature Minecraft swords and axes. They'll be like, I'm going to make a diamond sword. I'm going to make a golden. But they but, will sit yeah. there and stare and just one by one. Yeah, for those that have never done them with perler beads, you're putting these little cylindrical beads on these pegs on these boards, and you eventually can melt them down into these shapes. You can make some pretty incredible things with them. Unfortunately, because it's only an hour and perler beads take so long to do really big ones, we've never been able to finish a really big one. But one of the older boys who's a regular is determined one of these days to make like a, a two- lock one because they come with the little pegboards come just like a, a square but you can interlock them to make them bigger they love it though it's gonna happen they'll they'll make it happen it's probably closer to summer when they definitely don't have homework i'll do it on a day where i can just do you know instead of homework help it'll just be perler beads the whole time and then speaking of summer what will your service look like once the school portion is going to really be having wound down well it's going to be Actually pretty similar, except that we will be, instead of in schools in the mornings, we'll be at different summer school sites. So either summer schools or summer camps. You know, I think we are partnered with a good number of summer programs that will be coming in. Again, it'll still be an hour program that we'll come in for. And then in the afternoons should be at least three days at like three more sites. So mornings at different sites and the afternoons at different sites. And I think we might do one day at our home branch. We should have one day in the afternoons where we go to our home branches and do programs there. But otherwise, it's mornings at a site and then afternoons at a different site. That sounds good. And so will it be similar lessons and activities morning or afternoons? Or are they going to be crafted differently for different audiences and age groups? They should be the same. For the summer programs, myself and the rest of the cohort, we had to write our own. So during the school year, we're given those. And then we can make like minor tweaks as needed or as we'd like. But for the summer, we have to fully come up with our own. And we've got some good stuff. I'm really excited about it. So what is your summer program going to be? Well, mine is talking about astronomy and stars and constellations. So we're going to read a short story that was written. It is basically how the stars came to be. It's an indigenous tale about the different animals and the great creator throws his cloak over the world. And the hummingbird goes up and pecks out the stars, which is it's one of my favorites. So we're going to be doing that and then making our own like star telescopes almost with the constellations so that we can kind of like look through them and see the different stars. That's wonderful. Do you have any set ones, constellations you know they're going to be making? Definitely. We're going to be doing the Big Dipper or some major or minor, a couple of those like really important ones. And I'm thinking probably some more of like the Zodiac sign ones, the ones that they would more likely be able to like, oh, that's me. I'm that one. Yep. That's a great way because it gives them that personalization for it. And they can identify with it and they'll be able to point it out or learn hopefully where it is in the sky to be able to point it out. Yeah. And I think that would be so much fun to do. And I'm also hoping if there's time to see if maybe some of the kids might want to try and make up their own constellation. Because what is a constellation if not just connect the dots? There's a lot of dots. That'll be fun to do that with them. So I know you'll have the new summer program. Is there anything else you're looking forward to over the rest of your service this year? Tomorrow night is the IB exhibition and the open house for Lowell. I actually get to go to that. I get to go to the exhibition for Lowell and see the projects these kids have been working on all year long. I'm Really, really excited for this. They have worked really hard on it, and I've seen 
so much progress and it's been so much fun just kind of watching them grow. And I, I love a good IB exhibition. My grade had 12 kids in it. So we didn't have much of an exhibition. And so this is going to be a little larger this time. A little bit. That's wonderful to be able to see just all the work that you've helped the students with throughout the year kind of come to life at the exhibition tomorrow. I'm so excited. And so Sabina, I just want to say thank you so much for doing the interview with us today and sharing about your experience serving as a miracle member with Milwaukee Public Library's Library Corps program. Thank you so much for having me. I definitely think it's important that this is the very first year of this program. It's the inaugural year. I think it's really exciting and that this program has so much room to grow and has so much potential. And I'm just excited to see where it can get to once it's, you know, got its feet under it. Library Corps is always recruiting, so you can check us out on the Milwaukee Public Library website. That's wonderful. So folks in the area that want to check it out or somewhere else want to travel in and potentially join, feel free to check that out. And then... Good luck with the transition back to the classroom next year. Is that going to be the plan? That is the plan. Yep. I am excited. I do. I miss my kids. I miss my classroom. And hopefully you can bring some of the experiences you gained with your service this year into the classroom to help your kiddos next year. Oh, absolutely. There's so much that I've learned here that's going to be so helpful to me. I cannot wait to see what this can turn into. That's wonderful. We just want to say thank you so much and good luck. And we appreciate your service this year. And then thank you again to Sabina for sharing about her AmeriCorps service with the Milwaukee Public Library AmeriCorps program and giving us another story we can file under service. Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast produced by Serve Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Flower. Your producer is Anna Daniker. And as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. Remember, the S and S-File stands for service. And you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S-Files.